Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Amanda Dobra-Hope, and we'll be talking about uh, her new book, The Healing of the Masculine and Feminine, How to Truly Change the World from the Inside Out. In the past few centuries, Western society has done a beautiful job of inventing better ways for us to survive through divine masculine energy. However, if we're to move into the next era of creation and truly thrive as a species and planet, we must recover the divine feminine energy both within and without. By doing so, we will create a better quality uh, relationship with ourselves as well as with others and everything around us. If we can direct our energy as individuals and a collective society towards emotional intelligence, we can transform ourselves and become better able to bear witness to others. For more information, you can visit Amanda's website, which is itsasyouseeit.com. And the website again is itsasyouseeit.com. Okay, with that, I'd like Actually, to welcome it's Amanda. as you like it. Oh, as you like it. Oh, man. It is. I mean, it's right in front of me. As you like it. It's as you like it. I it's guess. as you like it. Yep. It's as you like it. I am sorry about that. Thank you for correcting me on that. That's okay. Okay. So, well, it's good to have you back to the show. I mean, it's been quite quite some yeah. time since we spoke. Um, but um, I'd like to, you know, we're in such a unique period in in our global um, experience that this is going to be, um, I think, a really fun conversation in, in, in how we um, can use this energy. So let's first start with the idea, um, the, the title of your book is The Healing of the Masculine and Feminine. So for the listeners who may not kind of be tuned into, you know, the divine masculine or the sacred masculine and divine feminine, would you mind sharing the the idea behind both of those. Absolutely. I talk about it a lot in the book and I talk about it a lot otherwise because I'm used to it not being uh, something that most people know what it is because that's why I wrote the book because, you know, it needs to be out there in the open. So divine masculine and divine feminine energies, they're energies that all of us have within us and they're energies that exist within everything in the world. So divine masculine is going to be the energies of doing, action, plans, uh, manifesting things, putting things into form. And um, the divine feminine energies are going to be things like being or allowing things to gestate or relationships, uh, creativity, um, things like that that involve more nature, things that involve more of the the being energy. So obviously, um, in order for the world to work and for us to you know, imagine ideas and creations and relations and things like that, and then get them to manifest into physical form. We have to use both. Now, in the introduction, I mentioned that it's, you know, the past few centuries have been focused on the the masculine aspect. So um, can you tell us, um, um, an example of the um, of the duality, I guess, you know, between the masculine and the feminine. So, I mean, you know, how how does it manifest? How do, do we see it in our you know daily being? Sure, sure. Well, an easy example I use in the book is I you know creating a piece of art. So, if you're an artist of any kind, you have to use the divine feminine energies to sort of enter that field of creativity in the first place, to be inspired, to let that um, creativity flow through you to, you know, to write a book, you know, like I did, or to, you know, make a piece of music or a piece of of visual art or dance. Um, And then what happens is, you know, once you've 
created that, it could sit in your head or on your computer or in your living room or on a piece of paper and no one could ever see it. Um, or it couldn't, you know, be made into a form that could be viewed or consumed by people. So then the divine masculine energy has to be used in order to, you know, let's say it's a, a piece of music. It has to be made into a, a CD or to a recording, or it has to be mixed and mastered and, um, you know, marketed and all of those things. So mm-hmm. that would be using the divine masculine energy then to take the divine feminine energy of that creation, put it out into the world. So that's just one example. There's a million, but that's just one. Yeah. yeah. So now with the idea of moving from, well, first of all, you know, well, let's start at the beginning when you mentioned, you know, that, that seed of inspiration, you know, and you said it as feminine or, you know, could that not be both? The, like the the unity source, you know, between the masculine and feminine, all all at once. I mean, I understand the masculine is, is you know the doing and you know kind of bringing in to a existence, but um, in a way, because when you were describing it, it was from you know feminine to the masculine, and, and I kind of we're going back to the feminine. So um, what I'm trying to understand is that um, is this like a cyclical kind of process i mean is it like for sure yeah no it's not just do it once and it's done (laughs) yeah no you're going to go back and forth between the two a lot and you know when you were talking earlier about you know how it shows up in the world and the masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. world and how we've been living such a masculine energy dominated society for so long and how we need to pull that feminine energy back up all of the places where the the feminine energy is most concentrated in our society. So people who are working with, you know, nature, um, the healers, indigenous mm-hmm. people, um, um, people who work like I do in, in the healing arts and the um, psychology and things like that. Those are all that intangible feminine energy. And um, all of that stuff has kind of been, you know, women who hold that a greater amount of feminine energy, it's all been shoved down and pushed away. And the problem is, is that men also carry feminine to masculine energy and need both of those to be harmonized and balanced in order to fully thrive and Mm -hmm. and be their whole selves and bring that to the world. So it needs to happen on the inside of us in order for it to happen on the outside of us. So um, the way that society has shut down that, that feminine and wherever it's showing up in the world, it's also shut down inside of us. It's shut down inside of women and men, but um, unfortunately mm-hmm. more in men than it is in women, you know, men haven't been allowed to access that side, those emotions, those um, yeah. anything that would, that would be a little bit more touchy feely or abstract or, um, you know, working on personal growth or things like that. It's been, no, no, you can't do that. You're, you've got to be tough. And, and so it's, it hurts everybody because you cannot be your whole full self if you can't access both yeah. energies. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, it's, um, you know, the idea of having, um, having both um, within each of us in, in varying degrees, obviously, you know, um, but, uh, you know, the, you know, to me, it, it's, um, you know, we often think about them as, as like dual, you know, as opposites in a way, you know, um, right. like kind of yep, maybe opposite sides of the coin. in my book. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, is it, um, is it truly um, like a, a duality? I, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. <laughs> okay. um, I, you know, okay. I just... I just made sure I reread the first like three chapters of my book before we got on, on the, um, the, the call today uh, because I wanted to be fresh enough, you know, with it to right. like really make right. sure that I had every point that I had made throughout my, all my years of writing this book. Cause this is my big one. So I know exactly where you're going and what I'm going to draw upon yes. was, was something that I remembered again. Cause as I read it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, that nugget. Oh yeah. That nugget. Um, mm-hmm, so the nugget mm-hmm. that I think you're trying to get at is it's an inter interdependence. It's not one right. without the other. It's not one or the other. It's 
it's the yin yang and, and that symbol showing that it's, you know, the black on the white side, the white on the white side, but then it's the, the little circle of the black within the white and the circle of the white within the black. And so one of the things I mentioned in the book is that our society also has been so stuck in duality that it's been, it's either, or either, or always and my side or your side. And what we fail to um, integrate is that there's an option C it's not A or B. Yeah. It's not dependence or inter or sorry, dependence or independence. It's actually interdependence because they, they blend within each other and you actually can't have one without the other, or you can't, there isn't any place where it's not touched by the other. So it, the yin yang was actually a really good symbol for me to use to kind of explain that, you know, it's, it's option C that we're not getting here. Yeah. We're, we're so stuck in duality and, and, the book really talks about the fall into duality, you know, from the beginning. And that's a lot of my introduction and how, um, you know, can we choose consciously to get out of that and to, you know, kind of choose something with a little bit more harmony and a little bit more balance than that either or black or white. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because, okay. uh, you know, look, you, that was exactly the right way, you know, and I, I remember, you know, that, um, that particular, you know, chapter, um, as the symbol for balance and, um, you know, and, and it is a perfect one with, uh, the opposite color in the center, you know, recognizing that it's a part of, you know, that's within us in, in a way. Um, so now, do you feel with the um, uh, kind of what's going on right now with, you know, this isolation stuff? And do you feel that this is a, um, is supportive of the changes needed Re- to move into recovering that more the feminine? feminine? Yeah. Recovering the feminine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because our society, and I'm not saying that I agree or like what's causing no, everyone no, to have to no, stay home. No judgment. But, but um, yeah, but as far as, you know, where's the good in it, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes change doesn't happen unless it's forced. And so, mm-hmm. you know, our society was so technologically advanced and so technologically um, centered that, it was fast as we can go and as hard as we can go and push, push, push. And, and so out of balance, masculine energy that, yeah, I think the only way that the masses were going to kind of, you know, almost be forced to learn how to be because it's not something we learned in kindergarten or, you know, elementary school or middle school or high school or college. Um, they, they teach reading, writing and arithmetic, but there's no how to relate, how to be, how to, you know, they're just starting to like meditate in schools and things. Um, so it's just, it wasn't taught. It wasn't emphasized. It wasn't honored. It was, this is what um, we don't want to do. We don't want to focus on art. We don't want to focus on meditation. We don't want to daydream. We don't want to be, um, that's all bad. We have to do and be productive and, and all these things. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it, it just seemed that, you know, with, um, what what's going on? And I agree with you that you know, not putting any judgment on what's happening. It's just is happening, and then it's cre- right. kind of creating that that huge ripple in consciousness. I think, um, but you know, it's um, highlighting how important relationships are. You know, like and, and not you know, virtual or cyber, but but person-to-person relationship. Well, and the most important relationship being that one with yourself. And so what's happening to a lot of people is people who maybe um, didn't want to do that personal growth work because, like I said, first of all, it's just never been encouraged by society. It's always like, oh, you you went to a psychologist. Oh, things must be really bad if you went to a therapist. It was never like, this is a good thing is to know, have emotional intelligence and to know yourself. And, you know, it was always shoved away as bad or crazy. And so, um, I think that people who went along with that and threw themselves into work and threw themselves into hurry and threw themselves into busy and productivity, um, they're having to face themselves right now. And so it, the most important relationship is, is the one with yourself and whatever you um, believe in that's bigger than you. I'm not going to say what that is because yeah. I don't 
you know, tell right. anybody what to prescribe to or nor do I do it myself. It's just whatever you believe in that's bigger than you. But that's the most important relationship. And so people are being forced to look at themselves because all of the things that they were using to not do that, which they didn't even realize that they were using to not do that, that's, they were just following the culture, have yeah. gone away. And so yeah. you're, you're left with yourself. <laughs> so that's especially it. with you all know, the cutting it, off of, you know. of not being yeah. able to talk to people and things, you know, you're, you're left with, you have to face yourself. You can't get around it. Right. Yes. And, and, and it's interesting, I think, how people are, how differently people are reacting to that. And, and it's one of those cases where, you know, um, what they're finding out about themselves or, or those shadow items that are kind of popping up right. you know, for them to look at. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah. again, it's so sad to me. And that's why I write these books and do these coachings and because it's so sad to me that people don't have the, the knowledge of it. They don't have the education on it because it is shoved underneath everything. This is a, a feminine thing is this emotional intelligence work, this personal growth work that our society shoved away and said, no, you don't want to look at that. That's bad. And so when the stuff is coming up for people, they don't even know what's going on. They just get upset or they get angry or they think something's wrong with them or, you know, what they don't, they're not able to see the beauty in it that, okay, this is not fun and it's hard, but this is your dark night of the soul. And this is actually going to get you somewhere good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to let listeners know that in a couple of minutes, we're going to be taking a break. And if you want to call in and ask any questions of Amanda, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions for Amanda, feel free to pose them there. Um, now, Amanda, a couple of times, um, you mentioned emotional in- intelligence, and I, I mentioned that in the introduction. What exactly do you mean by emotional intelligence? Well, again, since we're not taught um, that emotions are signposts and, you know, ways to actually do that personal growth work, get to know ourselves, um, learn, grow, uh, expand, what happens is the emotions come up, we're triggered by things, we don't know what's going on, and the tendency in our culture is to vent about it, become a victim, I can't believe so-and-so did such-and-such, you know, whether it's a person in your life or whether it's something on the bigger stage, and not be able to work with those emotions and, and wonder, okay, what is this showing me about my own life? What is this showing me that isn't healed in me? What is this, what does this emotion mean? And there's, you can, you can free yourself. You can become so much more free and, and light when you can use those emotions rather than letting them toss you around or being angry at having them and, and just becoming a victim of them and, and, you know, angry at life. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Um, Okay. So we're going to take just a quick break. And and then when we come back, Amanda, um, in your book, you also talk about nature and, um, you know, our, you know, having to move forward with, you know, in sustainably and harmoniously. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, not only uh, kind of like Perfect. the importance of that, how that falls in, and then where we go from here. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, 
has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Amanda Dobra-Hope, and we're talking about her new book, The Healing of the Masculine and Feminine, How to Truly Change the World from the Inside Out. Um, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is at itsasyoulikeit.com. And that's itsasyoulikeit.com. And with that, we're back, Amanda. All right. Great. Okay, so um, part of the – well, first, before we move on to the environmental part, I, one of the things that I, I really wanted to cover – early on too, was the idea of healing the masculine and feminine. Um, um, what is, where was the sore? Where was the rift, you know, that, that <laughs> needs healing? <laughs> um, it's more what I, I spoke about before where the feminine has just been repressed. It's been repressed and suppressed oh. both within ourselves as well as in society. So both within as well as without um, like I said before, it's it's been anything that's in that feminine energy has been looked upon by society as, you know, not correct, not positive, not to be honored. You don't want to do that. Um, you know, even, even yeah. someone who wants to be an artist, you know, oh, you don't want to do that, you know, come up with some kind of better technology career that is a better, safer, bet. you know, <laughs> like it's always yeah. discouraged uh-huh. or just looking into your emotions, like I said earlier, you know, it's like, oh, well, you went to a therapist. Well, things must be really, you must be crazy, you know, no, (laughs) um, just want to better my life. And so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's had this um, cultural um, just suppression of anything Mm -hmm. that's in that, even, you know, the the Native American tribes, when when the, you know, settlers came over here and, and basically took away, you know, you can't do your your dances, you can't do your, your praying, you can't do your chants, you can't, you know, it just took everything away. So everything that Mm -hmm. was feminine energy in nature got, got put away um, for, you know, yeah. Okay. Favor of the masculine. So, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get a clear picture because, you know, and I understand, you know, the, the real um, desire to have kind of a, that equality, that yin-yang equality, you know. Um, and also, I think, you know, the, kind of going back to that that uh, little bit inside each, the opposite color inside each, you know, is the recognition of that, um, that that's the case in that, you know, in everything that we see, there is um, a counterpoint, you know, or something to that effect um, that uh, – so, we, so it would be beneficial to remember and to kind of keep in mind before we judge. Right. Yeah. That everything's a part of something else. It's all got a, a portion of it in there and you can't, you can ignore it, but that's going to not necessarily <laughs> yeah. help you feel happy, healthy, and whole if you ignore that part. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's how we destroy the earth. And mm-hmm. this will lead us into your sustainability and nature is that's how we destroy the earth is, is people go full force in businesses and, um, products and, and technology and with no any kind of thought or respect for you know the earth or the next seven generations or anything and and just destroy everything in the past you know without even thinking about mm-hmm. it so um, you know you can't do one without the other without destroying or, or greatly harming you know some some part of the whole yeah so do you feel that um, the move toward recovering the divine feminine, that that is um, going to bring in a more, um, that, that includes basically um, a um, more, you know, healthier relationship with the earth than we currently have? Well, what just popped into my head is a, is a sentence from my book where I said, I believe that the people aren't going to respect the earth and its creatures until they learn to respect themselves. And so mm-hmm. that's where the, mm-hmm. the subtitle of, 
you know, how to truly change the world from the inside out. It starts on that inside. It starts with healing that masculine and feminine split on the inside. It starts with that emotional intelligence on the inside. When people, you know, uh, people who have been told they're not okay or there's something wrong with them because they're living, you know, part of their feminine side or they're, you know, they're this or that and that's not okay per society and this isn't okay per society, you know, or they're, they're stifled or they're, um, controlled or whatever, they, they're going to act out, you know, and they're not going to respect themselves. They're going to start to believe that junk. And if they're not doing any kind of emotional intelligence or personal growth work, they're just, that kind of stuff is just going to sort of throw them around their whole lives. And they're just going to react to things rather than respond and really have a trajectory of, of their true North inside of them. And so you know, the, the, the sentence of, I don't believe that people are going to respect the earth and its creatures until they respect themselves. I really think that that's where it's going to start. Cause how do you respect yourself, respect life and, and everything mm-hmm. within it and that occurs within you and then go out and harm somebody or something else. You can't, yeah. it doesn't, it's not possible anymore. So people harm other things and other people when they're out of balance themselves, when they don't feel right in themselves. Yeah. Okay. So, and that kind of, I think, touches on what my next question was going to be. When we're talking about healing that from doing it from within in order to have it work its way out, um, what would what are the signs that I would know that I have some healing to do? You know. <laughs> uh, well, if I mean, honestly, if you're having trouble in any part of life, if if you're feeling out of alignment with yourself, your life, if you're feeling sort of carried away by life or fear or, um, you know, how you think you need to respond to the outside world and it's, it's just not, you know, feeling settled or, or aligned on the inside, I would say that's a good way. If you're triggered by things all the time or people, or um, you just don't feel happy with yourself or your life, that would be a good way to know. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's the, the, you know, I, I think that people really want to um, number one, be at more peace. I mean, with, with the self-examination kind of self-reflecting that's going on with people being um, you know, locked down. I mean, the... Well, losing their that, livelihoods that, that they were used to. Right. So they right. have to reinvent themselves. They're being forced to reinvent themselves, whether it's just about their career or whatever. They're having to reinvent their whole lives, their whole perspective. And then also with all the different, you know, disclosures of this and that and different truths coming out and then, you know different imposters coming out. People don't know what to think. And they used to believe everything anyone said. And now they're like, well, I I don't know. And so it's a matter of keeping um, your mind open while also staying in your center, staying in your balance, staying in that love. And that's a, it's a walk when our society isn't prone to having that emotional intelligence, personal growth in the first place, then you throw all that on top of it and people are in a tailspin. (laughs) Well then, yeah, that's just it, you know, and and like you say, I mean, there are so many different parts to life that are affected and so many of our systems that are affected, you know, I mean, when you think about how many um, things you do automatically, you know, that were just on automatic, you know, that, the day throughout the week that all of a sudden are not there. I mean, there's no more. So, I mean, it's like, you know, all of that decision-making that was kind of done on a subliminal level or subconscious level is kind of now being brought forth. So, I mean, it's kind of like new systems have to be formed. And, exactly. and I think for some people that, can't that keep, it's just... Mm-hmm. We can't keep building those new systems on the broken systems that were already there. They have to, you know, we have to clear the playing field and start over. We can't keep building on the on sand because nothing's going to stand. So it had to kind of be completely knocked down in order for us to to rebuild correctly. And that, you know, that goes back to your sustainability thing too. It's been driving me crazy through all of the um, natural disasters and, and things like that of the last, you know, decade, couple decades. Every time a place rebuilds, 
I'm just hoping like, <laughs> oh, are they going to use green technology now? Are they going to like put mm-hmm. better materials in, in the thing now that they have to rebuild anyway? Are they going to do it right? No, they never do. They just use the same old junk. And so oh, no. when I saw, I don't know if it's New Zealand right now that's calling for however many you know new green jobs after the pandemic kind of winds down. I'm like, thank God, finally, you know, like when you're going to rebuild, you're just rebuilding the same junk. You know, it's not going to change anything. So it's not a matter of hurry up and put it back the way it was as fast as you can, because the way it was was broken in the first place. That's why it broke even right, further. Right, right, so. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And, and boy, that New Zealand is doing some really, they're doing things right on many levels. Um, but, um, but that, you know, that makes sense, too, is, is that, um, you know, this is like the opportunity to be able to, you know, reconstruct or to build on like a create a whole new foundation and build on it. You know, a whole new um, foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. What was um, that? I can never say his last name. Pierre Del De. Hard. I can't ever say his last name. Dale some something. But he, um, you know, was talking about how instead of fighting the existing systems, build new structures that you know, are so good, build them so well and put all your energy into those that the old structures are just obsolete. They just fall to the wayside because they don't, they can't exist anymore because the new things are so much better, you know, and they, they work. Um, You know, a terrible, terrible example is streaming services versus like going to Blockbuster. It's a terrible example, but (laughs) you know, what happened is is new things got built and all of a sudden you can't go to a local right. video store anymore because they don't exist. So like I said, terrible example, but we want to do that with good things. We want to do that with the sustainable things and we want to do that with better choices and we want to do that with things that we're making choices from what's really important to us rather than everything's about money and, you know, whatever, just, just as fast as we can go with things and we want to, slow down and slow the pace and do it within ourselves first, because that the outer world isn't going to change until our inner worlds change. Yeah. So people think they can't do anything about the outer world. They think, Oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. What can we do? You can, you know, people, people are having to reinvent themselves, hopefully all kinds of new businesses and, you know, initiatives and artworks and things like that, that are actually pushing us forward towards, you know, a world that works for everybody are, are coming out of this. Um, hopefully that's what's happening, but it's also a big shock to yeah. a lot of people. So. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is a, a huge shock. And, um, you know, as I, you know, as you, when you were talking, it was, you know, the things were flowing through my head as far as, you know, you know, doing it right or doing it according to the old system or, you know, doing it fast. I mean, to me, it seems that, um, you know, we have this global right in our face um, example of, you know, kind of what, what needs to be done to be stay healthy, you know, and, and then we've got, you know, some nations, it's like little different consciousnesses, you know, some nations are doing it, you know, very um, from that emotional intelligence aspect, which I think New Zealand did, um, you know, um, a higher level of emotional intelligence, you know, versus some that aren't. And, and you know, with ours, um, you know, people jumping right back into, you know, trying to get back to that one point, um, it seems that this is, I don't know if we're going to have one of those cases where trying to get back to that point is going to be smashed down again. You know what I mean? It's like, we're not, we're not maybe taking yeah. advantage of this opportunity to, to build it new. Right. And if we try to go well, back. Well, that's the sad maybe, thing with emotional mm-hmm. intelligence and coaching is that, you know, and, and anyone trying to do that personal growth work is that what's always going to happen when you're trying to move ahead, even if a crisis knocks you down and you're trying to, you know, well, I want to do it different this time the familiar, you know, any, any psychologist or therapist can, can say the familiar is always going to creep back up on you. You know, if you grew up a certain way and you were used to things being a certain way, even if you want to change them, even if you realized it wasn't healthy, your, your neural pathways in your head and, you know, you're going to, your emotions and your somatic, somatic, uh, you know, in your cells are going to remember the old way. And so even if it was terrible, it, it's going to, mm-hmm. you're, you're comfortable with that. So people are going to try and rebuild the same comfortable thing, even if they say, well, you know, actually I hated my job and it sucked all my time and this and that and whatever. But even if they want to, you know, grow past that, 
they're probably going to take some steps and they probably are going to make some progress moving past that. But some part of them is still going to grab that because it was comfortable, just like mm. any, you know, person who goes to coaching. It's, it's just part of right. the process. So. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, and, you know, having, holding on to even some familiarity is stabilizing um, in a way. Um, I, I just don't think as, as human creatures were, completely comfortable with, you know, huge dynamic changes, you know, uh, that, that shake every paradigm maybe that we've kind of grown up with, um, you know, in a, in a matter well, of Well, another months. thing humans try and grab is control of their lives and control over anything. And so people don't like to feel out of control. And that's another thing with the feminine is, is a lot of things that represent the feminine nature, you know, going into that creative field, meditation, anything that's, um, we can't see, you know, that that stuff that's all out of our control. Those are things that do their own thing. And you go into there and people think they're going to go into the void and never come out. So that dark night of the soul, you know, it's like, Oh my God, that's, that's this thing that I'm going to fall into this pit and I'm never going to come out. <laughs> you know, it's like the, um, the visuals people show of the, the seed being planted in the dirt and it thinks everything's over and, you know, darkness has come and really it's been planted, not buried. Um, so, so there's that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so now when it comes to healing, um, you know, when we're talking about healing of the masculine and the feminine, you know, and, and kind of bringing them into harmony versus um, one dominating the other in any way. Um, we have it, we, we kind of, as um, when it comes to like relationships, we have the you know relationship with ourselves. We have our you know intimate relationships, and then we're you know you know our closer relationships, and then we've got relationships just in, in general. Um, what? How does um, someone listening um, when they're kind of they're identifying for themselves? You know, working on harmonizing the masculine and feminine, how does that affect others, the relationships with others? And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I chuckle. <laughs> I chuckle because many years ago when I first really, you know, grabbed my, my awakening, my um, inquiry into myself and, and really, um, you know, went went full force into my personal growth um those around me said you need to stop that um we're not gonna we're not gonna get along like we did we're not gonna you know have the same relationship we did you you need to stop you're not gonna be you anymore and I said well yes I am I'm still gonna be me I'm just gonna be a way better me but what happens sometimes is when you start doing your personal growth work and you start really um getting to know yourself and going through stuff you're gonna um inevitably <laughs> knock around those relationships that were based in a certain rhythm. And mm-hmm. the, so people aren't going to necessarily like that because they don't want that change. And the other thing is that if those people aren't interested in doing their personal growth and they don't want to open Pandora's box, they're going to be very threatened by you doing it because if you start growing and changing um, at some point, if they're that close to you, they're going to be faced with it too. And if they don't want to, they're going to push as hard as they can back at you. So I chuckle Mm -hmm. because I know what that's like and I can feel for people (laughs) who um, Mm -hmm. want to start doing that self-inquiry and who are um, really uprooting a lot of the relationships around them because people are like, whoa, what's going on with you? You know, why aren't you how you were? What what are you doing? (laughs) um, Yeah. If the other people around um, you, you know, at some point can – can see what happened and can, you know, I think people who are a little further away from you sometimes can, can have a little bit more, uh, can allow you a little bit more to do that because they're a little bit further away from you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, relationship wise. And they can look at you later on and go, Whoa, you seem so much happier. You're, you know, this is not affecting you or you seem so much more peaceful. What did you do? And I feel like there's a little bit more room for possible, um, you know, up leveling there and, and help there rather than the people that are close to you that are going to be threatened. 
Yeah, you know, that's the one thing um, when you're going through this is that, you know, the, the relationship relationships change. And, and for those who, um, who who you become out of sync with, you know, let's say, you know, that um, sometimes it's really hard to, for some people, to let them go, to let go of that, that which was established. And um, it seems like, you know, we're um, – kind of in that period where we're, you know, examining those relationships closer, you know, and um, seeing really, I guess, putting um, perspective on value of, you know, um, who's, who energizes and who drains us. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a, an interesting perspective on that myself because I think everybody's at their own point of their own healing and we're all working on something different that we came here to you know mm-hmm. learn about ourselves and grow through so there's no like I don't know that person's bad or like I'm not harmonizing with them or whatever it's more you know if you're growing in two different directions it's it's almost there's ways to shift these things with love I mean there are people in my life that I don't talk to on a regular basis that I love like crazy but there's just right. no, there's no way to have a an everyday relationship with them because it's like we're on two different planets, and it's right. just it's not it's not harmonious or aligned for either party, and so it's really more loving to just let them do them and let me be do me. Um, so, I mean. It's, I guess I just like nope. to look at it not so much as this person's <laughs> draining me, this person's whatever, but more like yeah. I'm just so out of alignment with that person right. that I, and I say, the reason I say that is not because you said anything wrong. I just, as I want the listeners to know that some people do fall into that trap of like, Oh, you're bad for me. You know, I need to get that right. away from you because mm-hmm. you're so draining or whatever. And that's just putting yourself into, um, I don't know, more yeah. of a negative no, thing. No, that's no, not going to help you grow. Yeah, and I understand your point, and you know, and and I agree that um, you know that's kind of um, I can uh, explaining a you know if one of those kind of relationships continued for me, that's how I felt. You know, those were you know those were kinds of things. And but now looking at it, like you said, from a standpoint of from love, that that basically allowing them to be them where they are and allowing me to be who I am, where I am. Um, and right. just let that be the, um, the perspective of the relationship. And if you need to separate, you can, but just, you know, I feel no reason why we can't do that with love. Where again, in our society, you know, anytime friendships are broken up or, or intimate relationships are broken up, there's always been this, well, let's, you know, trash them to somebody else and, and whatever. And it's just, it doesn't need to happen. It can be done with love and you, you can respect the other person and say, okay, well, we're growing. We're actually doing something more loving to let each other go because now we can both grow the way we need to and not hold each other yeah. back or keep tossing the same hamster wheel over and over again. And, you know, just making everybody miserable and nobody growing, you know, there's, there's love. People think I talk about this. I just wrote a new book about um, how to love when the world's gone crazy, but love isn't always like hearts and flowers. It's, it's not always, Oh, I'll do whatever you need or whatever you say and whatever makes this more harmonious just to make it not, you know, hard, you know, love Mm -hmm. is is sometimes hard to (laughs) tough love sometimes. And sometimes you have to (laughs) do things that aren't fun or pleasurable or whatever, but, um, you know, I just, I think if you're doing it from that higher, higher place and higher intention of what's best for everybody, what's most loving for everybody in this situation, then I think whatever ends up happening can be done in a space of love and can ultimately be beneficial and positive for everybody. Yeah, and whether yeah. those relationships come back around or they don't, you know. It, it doesn't it, it really, it's not important. That's not, yeah. Hmm. So now, what do you hope that the, the readers are going to take away from reading The Healing of the Masculine and Feminine? Well, um, 
some some information and education, I guess, on what the masculine and feminine are in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. Because the first thing that I mention is that I'm going to look at it with three lenses. I'm going to look at it about how the divine masculine and divine feminine are energies within all of us and everything in our world. The second lens I was looking at is whether we're male or female, we're going to be a little bit more physiologically, um, you know, adapt to one of the, the sides or the other. And so we might have a little bit more of that just because we, you know, show up that way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then the third one being how our culture treats us, whether we're male or female. Um, and then the fourth thing being how, you know, throughout the centuries, change has always been from the outside. It's been, let's create an anti this group or an anti that group or parents against this or this against that. And it's always this outside thing trying to solve the problem that really needs to be, you know, we start with ourselves and then it radiates out into the people close to us. And then it radiates out into our families and our communities and our mm-hmm. um, cities and our, you know, so it, it really needs to go the other direction. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, people can see that and they can see where this, you know, one of the other things I talk about is how we, in order to go forward, we have to cooperate rather than com- compete. And another thing about the masculine energy is when you take that divine masculine energy and you pull it out of balance and you turn it into an unhealthy energy, it becomes one of competition at any cost, you know, to get ahead yeah. and, and knock each other over. And that's what we've been taught, but we're not going to survive if we still play in that mentality. You know, it's, it's not going to work. It has to be a world that works for everybody. And if you win, I win. And if I win, you win, not I'm going to win at your expense. And then every, you know, I'm going to get ahead and you're, it doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah. that's another thing I, when I do my, um, my coaching or premarital counseling, I always tell people, you know, I, I really, really believe that whenever there's something to be talked about or a decision to be made, everyone can leave the table happy. It doesn't have to be that I win, you lose, or, you know, you have to give up, you know, any sense of anything in yourself to just, give in and give me what I want. I really think that something can be worked out to where everyone feels like they got a fair shake. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So now on your website, which is it's as you like it, um, you have some services in books. offered. So tell us a little bit about some of the other the things that you offer in addition to your book or books that, that sure. uh, we so, talked about. So this, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the current book is my sort of my magnum opus. This is my big meaty one. This is the one that's taken me quite a few years that I've been working on. I was working on this one before the other two actually even came out. So before Life Salad, before Holding Space, um, Holding Space, uh, a guide to supporting others while remembering to take care of yourself first was my more recent one. And that one I ended up doing a TEDx talk on and did um, got a couple of awards for that one, which I don't care so much about the awards, but just more that I'm hoping more people read it because they go, oh, got an award. Maybe I'll read it. Good. More people can <laughs> hear the message. Um, so, so those are all there. Um, I just wrote, I'm starting a brand new series. So it's crazy because as long as this last one took me to, to put out this healing of the masculine and feminine, because it's just the timing as you've discovered, you know, with this you're like, wow, this is really timely, this book. And yeah, isn't it interesting that that's when it came out when the other ones ended up coming out first when I've been writing this one, you know, before those mm-hmm. even got started and those all came out before this one did. Um, so, but, but after this big, huge one came out a month later, I ended up, um, I'm starting now this um, Kindle ebook quick read series. So it's books that can be read in under an hour and they're just ebooks and I'm starting a whole series and it, the series is called How to With Love. So it's going to be all different topics. And the one that I just released in April is called How to Love When the World's Gone Crazy. So um, that one's about how to stay in that vibration of love, how to react to certain things, respond to certain things. Um, so that one kind of you know, goes with what's going on right now, too. The next one I'm going to be working on, I believe the next one is going to be about how to tune into your intuition, which is one of the things I really think is important to how to navigate all these different um, pieces of information out there, um, decisions to be made. I really, really believe in the power of, you know, that, that inner guidance, that guidance with a higher power, whatever you believe in, and that intuition to guide you because everyone's going to tell you something different. So if you're going to listen to all the authorities out there and what everybody else has to do, you're in trouble. 
um, mm-hmm. because they're all going to say something different. So, really? you know, at least if your intuition can guide you to which one to go to, um, hey, try this one. Um, right. So there's all those books. Um, I definitely do uh, holistic life coaching sessions. I've always done them. Well, not always, but for the past few years, I've been doing them virtually anyway. So that's no different for me as far as Skype or phone. Um, there's a healthy partnerships class. It's a six week video class on how to create healthy partnerships. And the first two videos of the sixth are know thyself and love thyself. So as we talked about, you know, those relationships with other people around Mm -hmm. you, with the world, they all start within you. So that's on there. Of course I do speaking. Of course I'm not able to speak so much anywhere in public right right now, but um, (laughs) I've done a bunch of virtual summits and things. So I've got that, but yeah. Great, yep, and it's all on, on your web web page. So, well, Amanda, I really want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you. I always appreciate being on your show and you giving me a, a good um, interrogation of, of how to really get my <laughs> material up and out there. No, I do. I, I love like I. I do that to other people. I pick, I dig. I always tell them I'm going to dig until I find the gold. And so I I love it when, um, you know, podcasts and radio show hosts really, really dig within me to get me to really pull up those gems while I'm speaking it freely rather than taking years to write it. So. Yeah, that's great. Those gems are important. Well, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Again, everyone, today my very special guest has been Amanda Dobra-Hope. And we've been talking about her new book, The Healing of the Masculine and Feminine, How to Truly Change the World from the Inside Out. And again, you can find out more about that book as well as her other books and services by visiting her website, which is itsasyoulikeit.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.